When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Oh. I'm all man when it comes to the crust. Yeah. SpaghettiOs is a soup. Wow. I'm a man of many earth tones. Oh. Yeah, I think Cheerios are still hot. Party going on Cheerios are hot, babe. Ooh. It's like an avocado. It's raw. The deuce. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to a different day. It's funny because I used to be concerned about this pretense and you shamed me into no longer caring. About, you know, are, That's we, my tactic. are we taping these on the same day? Well, I thought at least you changed something to be a little fresh, but that's not in the cards, is it? Nah. I did shower. That's pretty fresh. Because it's so bad for me now in the summer. I don't have an actual job. And I wake up and I run like, you know, heck, and I take care of dogs, take care of kids, feed them, make lunch, drop them off, whatever. And then I get home and then I'm like, I only have so many hours. I got to get into my shit. And like... Very often showering is not in the cards. And I realized at this point, not only is the school, I think they can kind of tell when you drop kids off in PJs and who really cares, especially <laughs> during during summer, it's daycare. But when you show back up still wearing that same stuff, that's kind of a bad look. And I realize what a hypocrite I am because I pressure my kids like the daughter. She's only five. You got to shower or take a bath every other day. My son, you're 11. Now you got to take a shower every single day. And then I pick him up from school wearing the clothes that he knows damn well I wore all day yesterday. Lead by example. I know. Failing. So I did. Yeah. And I'm going to have to do a lot of leading by example starting right about now. I did take a shower this morning. I don't want to brag, but um, my... But, uh, my son has his first friend with a cell phone and the kid like can't fucking can't. he's on vacation right now and he's blowing my son up with texts all the time like he can't it's just too it's 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 way crack. too much it's crack and this day was always i wasn't quite ready for it 11 but like eh, i guess that's about right do they have to have a cell phone nope my son doesn't why do kids have to have a cell phone i don't understand don't. there's no maybe i'm a not a parent so i don't see the urgency but why would a kid ever need a cell phone? To mine Bitcoin. <laughs> um, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you the reason why my son has an Apple Watch, which I do not regret. It's because he's at the age where he can kind of sort of fend for himself, but not really. So you want to be able to... Uh, like I drop him off at school today. And whereas I used to like walk him in the door and make sure I made eye contact with the teachers and stuff. Now it's just like, you good? Okay, bye. And if he were to walk up and all of a sudden the place had, you know, School of Rock had gone out of business overnight and, and, and he had nowhere to go, he's like old enough that he can, you know, wander into Fatty Mart next door and text me and go, bro, School of Rock 
stole your money. I'm here. Can you come grab me? You do at a certain point as a parent, you want. It becomes easier to parent a kid that you can text, that can text you back. So giving them texting makes a lot of sense. I, I want to give him Spotify because he literally would go to concert. I told you he went to, we yeah, went to a, a Star Wars metal concert. He'll like record things and then just listen to the recordings off his goddamn phone. It's pathetic. <laughs> um, so I would give him Spotify if I could figure, I tried to figure out how to put it on the phone. I can't fit on the watch. I can't figure it out. But beyond that, why does a kid need it? The answer is they don't. But why does a kid need YouTube and parents? There's plenty of parents who let their kids stare at YouTube endlessly from the time they have fucking eyeballs. That's a good point. I wonder if these families who have created a YouTube celebrity around their life and, and making these videos have any regret putting their children on the web at a young age and creating videos and then in turn becoming somewhat of a slave to that system they've created for themselves because it incurs income. The leading candidate for this, and I'm waiting for, because, you know, it used to be that we put kids in movies and we're like, boy, isn't that kid cute? Oh, look, they're five and they're smoking a cigar. And then all of a sudden that person was like a 13-year-old cocaine addict and we all acted surprised. I love Drew Barrymore. And now everybody knows, doesn't hasn't necessarily changed the way that we treat the situation all that differently but everyone kind of knows the former child star going awry is is a thing and i think the blind spot is to the youtube celebrities there's right. a kid i remember i think it was still a new thing when my son was little uh it's called ryan's world yeah uh, yeah right and and it was the unboxing thing and mm -hmm. that was when people were talking about can you believe it people just want to watch other people open shit and my son definitely did it but a we discouraged him watching it wasn't so much you can't watch youtube it was just don't watch shit you know so we kind of discouraged it and also i don't think he had a burning desire to watch it a ton anyway but that ryan's world thing is so big they have their own toys they have had their own toys in toy stores for forever i remember kind of seeing that so that kid has got to be like 27 now and he still gets paid millions of dollars to just sit around all day opening He-Man toys and being like, whoa, no way. I don't have that one. And I don't know anything <laughs> about Ryan, but I predict this doesn't end well for Ryan. Did it? I, I just wonder, like, there's got to be some regret. Once you get into these video making things with your yeah. family and your children, then you're opening and making your children susceptible to uh so many more people and access to so many more people and people knowing what your kid looks like to me that's that's bizarre and i'm, I'm somewhat i've always been extremely protect. careful with that yeah. yeah like even just putting my niece and nephew out on my socials i'm somewhat strategic about and i always ask my sister because i'm aware that there are that the dark web is real it's gross to think that we don't have to go down that no, yeah, dark yeah. web rabbit hole. But I, I just think about like these families that do videos because when I'm home with my with my family and the kids, they're watching homemade videos of mm -hmm. other families making homemade videos. It just right. feels very weird. Yeah. So I can see where the Ryan's World family, because I, I can picture the parents and shit. It was so, I mean. Can't people watch normal families like the Osbournes? There you go. And it turned out just fine out for fine. them. It fo it's fine, Aussie. We talked about them a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, even the, the daughter who refused to participate in the show. You know there's another one, right? There's a hidden Osborne? Shh. Uh, Amy. 
Yeah. That's right. The old one, yeah. She didn't want to be on the show. No, she didn't. Good I, for her. She may have already moved out of the house by the time that they did it as well. She yeah, I don't, I don't want to be on the freaking show, guys. I'm good. I'm an yeah. accountant. Yeah. I right, don't need to be right. on the reality show I, I where like, dad's day drunk and biting bats at yeah. 60. I like the way that I don't know Kelly. I did play, I met Kelly in a bar when, when the show was on the air. She seems cool. She was really cool. She played pool against my friend. Really shitty dive bar. You ever go to Blue and Gold? Blue and gold? Is it yeah. out here? East Village. A couple blocks from Crift Dog. No. Um, yeah, she just wandered in there and my friend, and, and I don't know if my friend challenged her or she challenged my friend and my friend beat her in a game of pool. Or no, no, no. She <clears throat> she beat him. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, he won. And he's like, all right, you owe me a beer. And she's like, well, everybody in the world knows I'm like 15. So here's the money. You go get it. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was super cool. It was very normal. And I've met Jack any number of times, and Jack seems like he's navigated it about as well. I don't know him. You know, I'm not BFF with the guy, but it seems like it's got to be very strange to know. Nobody wants to live in their parents' shadow. And every single day, Jack Osborne wakes up knowing that 25 people will ask him about his dad. And I think he's okay with that I think yeah he, I think he he, do, that family does seem like they're okay with all their yeah or we're okay with all of their weirdness i think there's a lot of things that we objectively can understand how a person ought to process it but when you're at the eye of the storm it, that's it's really really challenging you know there's lots of people i've known who are like in really bad relationships and it's like you can't see it you're too close to it i feel like somehow some way he was equipped or prepared or went to therapy or whatever to just be like Think about it. You're just you. Your dad is this great, big, famous guy, and it just that's just the way that you could have been born with one arm longer than the right. other. You could have been born with it. You, could have, you were born Ozzy Osbourne's son, and you're you, and that's cool. And you're not the Prince of Darkness, and you're never going to write Crazy Train, and that's fine. You don't have to write Crazy Train to be a valuable person in your own right. You don't need to be Julian Lennon, pathetically, sadly trying to be your dad because oh, the only God. way Frank Sinatra Jr. You can be your own self. You can say I'm happy just having kids and hanging out and doing whatever and i've got reality shows whenever i want them just because of my name there's a lot of benefits that come with this and yeah i do think my dad is cool i do think he's interesting i do think he's silly i do understand why people are so interested in him and i do accept that i can't undo the decision now whether i'd like to or not that i was on this show and i was little i'm always linked with him for the rest of my life 20 times a day people will go how's ozzy and that's just my life and it's really easy for us to say that but it's very admirable that i think he's processed all that it does seem like he's manage to navigate that mm -hmm. cloud not, not not that it's a cloud but to have your individuality and your identity wrapped up in any other human being is wild let alone it be your father yeah. or a parental figure yeah and also i think a lot of children by nature and this is obviously speculative because i don't have any kids but just watching my niece and nephew You're close enough you have kids yeah right uh, three dogs equals one kid that's my math talk about fucking <laughs> i know i just stepped in your dog your dog's pee on the carpet so it's the second time the first time he i want to hear what you have to say but he i, I last night i accidentally left him down here because he matches yeah. he blends in he with does. the carpet it's, i almost stepped on him twice i went upstairs to go to bed and everybody up there had passed out so i was like fuck it i'll just come back here and do more work and i realized i had trapped him in here wow only we're for, learning a lot about only for darkness a, only for a few minutes but you know how dark it gets in here if you turn out the light and there's no windows and it's ultimate blackness so i found him down here and then i found the poop and pee on the floor but i that i didn't get angry at him for that well this was just he a was, mistake he was scared but in retrospect i see that it broke the seal 
Yeah, and it let him know, oh, I'm not going to... This isn't a horrible place to relieve myself. Oh, it's a horrible place to relieve himself. Oh, you I'm the one who stepped me. in the puddle. And I appreciate... My foot is forever tainted. I appreciate you taking that bullet, and I more importantly appreciate you cleaning it up. That's very admirable of you. But the next time I drop the fucking... I drop the people's elbow on this dog the next time he I told you, no, 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 no. We don't do this now. What? Uh, we don't talk about we don't threaten violence we don't against talk our about animals Bruno. when we're recording. We don't talk about Bruno. Okay, so you're saying kids. So I'm saying that children, I think, by nature, develop an identity based in one or both of their parents because that's their example. A lot of who we become depends on who we're with. Yeah, I have a theory about your theory, but go ahead. And I think when your parent or guardian or whomever is this larger than life celebrity or infamous whatever it is even uh, i'd be interested to see what happens to children of infamous mobsters and people who are uh, more in based in like an infamy as opposed to being famous i wonder if they still develop that sort of likeness to their parents but i to make a mean gabagool uh. <laughs> <laughs> i could see you calculating something cooking something up <laughs> <laughs> they probably do make a mean gabagool yeah. the point is we we draw from whomever we're spending the most time with to develop who we are so it is interesting to see how while jack is in his dad's quote-unquote shadow he does seem to be deviated from who his dad is yeah he's not he's not you know ozzy osborne jr no so in in imagine that must have been a concerted effort on his part as a person to just not become his dad because his dad was such an interesting character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because as kids I feel like we want to feel love from our parents so sometimes we idolize them and we emulate them so that they our parents see themselves in us mm-hmm. and we do that more and more and more to create that bond. Oh interesting, yeah. Right. So it's interesting to see that Jack feels just like jack like i wouldn't necessarily call him an aussie carbon copy oh hell no not even not even close and it must be hard to not have just become that yeah well what i what i the conclusion i've come to is that when you're very when you have a a dominant parent figure personality in your life very often what happens is you can end up becoming sort of a carbon copy of them or a funhouse reflection of them but um i think it just it, it very often it frames who you are yeah for so, sure like for here, sure, here's, for here's sure. a good example i read something recently about like crazy alcoholism and um somebody put it very uh succinctly they said my brother is a fall down drunk i've never touched a, t- a drop of alcohol in my life you ask us both why it's because our dad drank that's a very interesting development yeah and i guess that's what it is when it comes to decision decisions or development in general one way or the other mm-hmm. i've known the people whose parents were so straight-laced that they ended up being very straight-laced mm-hmm. i've also known the parents the people whose parents were so straight-laced that they ended up becoming the most outrageous crazy person possible in each instance i feel like they're that the choices were framed by the example yeah that's that's an interesting approach and in view are you familiar with gary mule deer Canadian musician from the carson era no i think if you looked him up i think you'd be interested in his story yeah and in fact i know you would be okay because 
he is a really, um, I guess you would say, respected musician type, but he's a comedian. Like he came about when Steve Martin, Robin Williams, and all these guys were starting out. What's his name? Gary Mule Deer. I was lucky enough to meet him. I did Adam Carolla's pod a couple weeks ago, and Gary Mule is one of the guests. And he talks about his battle with cocaine and his battle with drugs and being a father. And we were talking about his son, and he talked about how his son became an addict as well. And he was out of his son's life for a very long time, if not most of his childhood, if not all of his son's childhood. And the way they reconnected was through cocaine. They he he stepped back into his son's life and they did cocaine together Mm -hmm. and they started doing drugs together. And that's how they reconnected. Gary Mule Deer Deer is now sober, but I thought it was such it, it, it really was an interesting way to look at life in that maybe there are no mistakes if we look at it from this romantic viewpoint of everything happens for a reason, which yeah. I can't stand that cliche. Me neither, but I keep finding it. I keep finding it. What I think and what I think for myself is things happen and you determine the reason for yourself. I don't think things happen because of X, Y, and Z. I think things happen and you make it make sense for you. Yeah, I think everything that happens, no matter how bad it is, almost always offers some sort of learning opportunity or growth opportunity right if you're open to it and you can view it that way yeah but i have been having a lot of things happen for a reason stuff like yeah. I, t- I told you i went to my shaman yeah you went to your shaman twice well for the second time they're separated by years but i but i went and it's a very um, romantic way to say it and i was uh just realizing you know i th- he wasn't gonna blow my mind and tell me anything i really didn't know about my life and and he didn't there was no huge aha moment but it was just like you know you're serving all these different things and you're being responsible in so many ways and you're losing you know the the you in the process and i'm like right so i need to um once again try to figure out how can i clear some space in my schedule to do what i actually want to do to not just like relegate it to the absolute fringes of oh everybody went to sleep i'll sneak back down here for another 30 minutes and sweat yeah um and I went looking for, uh, I got, I bought the Rick Rubin book. We've talked about the Rick yeah, Rubin the cre- book. Yeah, the creative act. I had it from the library and I wasn't getting through it and I felt badly because I know there's like an endless list of people um, who, who have reserved it like myself. I waited months to get it. So I'm like, fuck, I do like it. I want to read it. Let me return it and buy a copy. And then I went to get, um, I was like, I knew I have a bookmark somewhere in my uh, nightstand and I just got a bunch of magazines and shit in there. And I, I reached in to find the bookmark and I pulled out a book that I think I, we, there was always like a, th- uh, a box of free shit at Sirius XM. You know, it's like somebody sent some promotional mm-hmm. stuff. Nobody wants to just grab it. It was in the kitchenette and it was a book about like how to reorganize your time and make your schedule work for you. And it was that's like weird. literally what was front of mind for me. And I don't recall ever having, I think that's where it came from. It doesn't look like something I'd buy. So I think it was free. I don't, I don't think it's a good book, but I do remember going, fuck, if it's free, I'll take it home. You know, while I went to get a pretzel rod in the kitchenette. And sure enough, <laughs> as I was thinking about how am I, how am I going to make some space in my schedule? I literally find a book that's been just about under my nose for, it's probably been there for three or four years. So it's, I don't think it's a little hard to deny that things, that nothing happens with some sort of cosmic plan. I do think that there is some cosmic plan happening for, people who are open to seeing that. And I, I think you can only become 
aware and observant of it when you start to I can't stand this word. I know. Unpack the things that are compacting your life. Well, and the crazy thing, I should have said this first, is I've only made it a few pages into the Rick Rubin book, but his thing on the creative process and how, you know, it's not just about making music or making paintings. It's about living a creative life or whatever that means. You can creatively clean your house if you really want to. He's like, once you open up to the, yourself to the universe, the universe sends you these signals. And I literally, that is what I had read and then I went looking for a bookmark to stick in it and found the fucking and that's that's pretty that's powerful a, and you can't deny amazing. that yeah like yeah. and did I tell you the other day there's a there's a German author that I thought was like the greatest shit when I was in high school his name's Herman Hess oh yeah I love Herman Hess okay so I don't think he's that Siddhartha well. yeah exactly yeah. right Siddhartha um, Steppenwolf right so okay all right so he's he's not that he's not especially obscure but I did. Um, I've had this little instrumental that I wrote like when I was a teenager and now I can just record shit. So I had a minute and I was like, fuck, I just want to get that down. I've been playing it for like fucking 30 years. I want right. to have a recording of it. And I went in and I made it and I realized I have never had a name for this thing. It's just been a thing I play when I pick up the guitar. But at one point when I was in high school, I kind of fooled, I don't know, I really ended up just fooling myself. But I convinced a teacher that he should let me do as a priest that I, for my senior project, I was going to write and stage a musical and nobody was like, what, in like four months? And I was like, hell yeah. And then he gave me an office and I got to work and I did nothing. I did nothing. Everybody just came and hung out with me in my office because I was the kid who had an office in school. I did <laughs> jack shit. I had nothing. I had nothing to show for it. <laughs> and uh and at the end i i like i in a night i whipped up like three songs and put them on a cassette to be like oh this is as far as i made it sorry and he like gave me a good grade to just be like you know nobody actually really cared dude nobody expected you to really stage a fucking musical in months but anyway the musical was gonna be like a rock opera adaptation of this herman hess book called Demian, which I reread recently. And I'm like, this literally doesn't even make sense. I don't know why this seems so acid. important to me when I was 15, right? Herman Hess was definitely on acid. Yeah. And so I needed to name this, literally went to save the musical. And it's like, we need to give it a name. And I'm like, oh, like Demian, I'll call it that. That Because I was going to put it, I was going to put this in that musical. And then I fucking closed that tab, open the internet. And the internet suggests to me, read lessons on leading a creative life from German author Herman Hess. He wrote a book about no, that? No, it was just like, they just make these, my, the internet's constantly su suggesting, there's this uh, website or something called Pocket that's like, you might be interested in this, you might be interested in that, and it's either like some interesting historical fact, or it's like ways to organize your life and organize your closet, or make a better gabagool, and they just <laughs> threw in, it's like I haven't heard Herman S's name in decades, and I literally named a song after one of his books, and within minutes, the internet was like, you can learn uh, leading a creative that's life. That's strange. Her. It is. It's, no, it's, it's notable. It's a noteworthy synchronicities coincidence. synchronicities are real. Yeah, maybe. Universal synchronicities are real. And maybe. when and when you start seeing these synchronicities happen more in your life is when you really need to like slow down and pay attention to where they're happening and what is coming up. That's what Rick Rubin says. Really? Oh my God, yeah. I'm basically Rick Rubin. Basically. I do. The, the one part about myself that I have accepted is that when I get into a state or when I'm feeling it, I do have an ability to wax poetically about that sort of experience that people are having, like yeah. being aware of the, the universal language and being aware to things that are happening in your life that align you with where you're supposed to be. Yeah. 
I, I um, just sent an interview request. Like, this is another thing, that same web. I don't know. It's not even a website. It's just like when you're in Internet Explorer or Chrome or Firefox, whatever the fuck I have on my, on my, not on my PC, not on my Mac. When you open a new tab, it's the default thing that opens yep. up. Is, and I love it because like Yahoo's always just like, did you see what Trump did? And I'm like, I don't need to know what Trump did. I'm just trying to check my email. And this thing is just like, here's this interesting thing you might want to know about. I love it. And there's an article, and it's this woman. She has an Italian name, a very Italian name. Racist. But, but she is uh, English. She has an English accent, and she teaches at a school in England. And it was an article that she wrote about. I can't think of the name of the the phrase. It doesn't really matter. But she's written, the focus of her study in psychology is, like, basically the semi-conscious mind. Like, what are, we, what are we doing when we daydream? Yes. Like, you spend 30% of your waking time kind of sort of thinking about everything and nothing at the same time and we never really talk about that what is that and i'm like i want to fucking talk to this lady that is so exciting that's interesting and she and she said that the, the focus of this particular article and i definitely want to talk to her about this is that supposedly there's a very small number of us like two percent of us who um to our to their detriment live in daydream world like the, live like a majority of our day in this like i can't go to sleep at night because my story is still not fucking done the two the two examples that were in the article one was somebody who says i think they said there's like 35 distinct characters and as long as i can remember they've all been in my head and i've just been watching what they're doing that's horrible yeah and there was another that's person like a, a, a mega level of schizophrenia and that's obviously the first question for her is how do you distinguish this and, and i think I, i'm guessing it's like if you're able to yeah i do my job and i do my shit and whatever and sometimes i gotta go shut up brain and then i carry on with my life and go dodgers well then you're not schizophrenic if it if this is your all-consuming thing that's schizophrenia but there's another person who said they like they're like i remember i watched an episode of some like random tv show when i was 10 and now i'm 40 and all the characters from that show are just I'm thirty Occupying I'm, space. I'm, I'm thirty seasons deep in that show. It's just been evolving ever since. Is it Teresa De Loretis? Is Italian uh, the distinguished professor of emer emerita of the history of consciousness at the University of California? Does that sound right? Maybe she's at she's she does shit at Berkeley and then also University of. Sussex. Wait, I really want to find who this person is. Isn't that fucking fascinating? Well, it is because I think that th when we're talking about creativity and we're talking about... Her name is... Uh, I think it's Julia with a G. Okay, then I did find that too. P Poeria. Okay. Is how somebody who interviewed her pronounced it. Poeria. Julia Poeria. Poerio, rather. I'm glad. Oh, yeah. yeah there she is. I get off on my weird, crazy trip. University it, of Sussex. Yeah. And I find it super interesting. And I'm like, and I don't even think about it. It's such a great feeling because, you know, I'm so, I feel so privileged that if I see an article, you know, I, I, I put out a, a request today to a, like a really big time basketball writer. And I'm glad they wrote back, but they're like, yeah, no, he's not coming on your podcast, bro. He's got more important shit to do. But for the most part, if I see a book or a, something like that, the fact that I can go, I've got questions that I can just get that I, I always feel it's um the 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 woody allen um annie hall thing right he's in line for a movie mm -hmm. and he overhears two people talking about marshall McLuhan, and he pulls marshall McLuhan in to fucking set them straight about what marshall McLuhan actually wrote i love that i can do that on my pod that if i find something interesting but there are times like that where i'm like am i the only person who finds this 
Is this going to be the weirdest episode ever? No, not at all. Okay. I think anytime you talk about consciousness and especially uh, in reference to creativity, I think a lot of people right now are creatively starved, mm-hmm. not f- looking for something entertainment. Yeah. I mean, Netflix wise. sucks too, but that's a different story. That's all. Well, that's an, I think that's also an example of what's going on, mm-hmm. but now, is there some sort of dating show with some kind of twist we haven't seen before on Netflix? Now, that's something I could get into. Our show. Well, I, the one that you've already filmed. The one well. that you created. Yeah. And did you, see the, did you see the other one about that's it's it's Spanish language Netflix Racist. where they AI shit. They, I'm sorry, they deep fake stuff so that they split the partners up when they get there and they go into opposite houses and then at some point they show them video and they're like this is your partner cheating on you can that's you, fucked up can you guess I if see, this can you no. guess if this is a real video or if we deep faked it i'm not here for that it, to me that feels like such an infringement on the human psyche that feels criminal to me that nobody forced him to really, go baby re- uh, that's true but still even that process being played out in that way feels just wrong yeah it feels really dirty the only way that i make my peace with that a i don't care but b um i would imagine the sort of couple that goes into a show like that is maybe not all that serious to begin with yeah for sure right i mean which is fine it's just entertainment i'm not gonna say i don't sit here and watch 90 day fiance Mm -hmm. or locked up abroad or uh what is the other one Locked up abroad. Oh, no, no, not locked up abroad. Love after lockup. Idaho has like an Instagram account or something where inmates can be like, yo, what's up? I'm in jail. Let's fucking kick it. And because there's so many women out there who don't really love themselves, they're so attracted to that. And they send love letters to that. And so many of these men have women sending them money and taking care of their life outside and, and setting things up and taking care of their babies. And it's... (laughs) <laughs> respect yourself have yeah, you learned nothing from madonna and beyonce true 100 percent. but we, we were talking about something that got us on this universal conversation i got something from like a recall from the first like eight minutes of the show but what's I, that um uh well you try to think of what you wanted stepping to say. in your dog pee no but no we were talking about like jack osborne right and then and then uh, identity we went down a real like yeah subconscious rabbit hole think about that for a second because what i wanted to bring back up is don't tell me what to do you said the family um i'm gonna eat my dried mango while you talk sure the uh the the ryan's world family yeah right? i just think it's it's i ha- it's problematic for me well i think it's it's fucking stupid i just remember when it started they didn't seem exceptional. And I don't know, probably I'm probably I was missing it and they go, "Oh, you don't understand from the start." As soon as they they went from one subscriber to 500 subscribers to 7500 subscribers and anybody could see that if you really took that and capitalized that. So like, "Ryan, say yay, don't say wow." Like maybe it was fucking micromanaged, but it sure didn't seem that way. It sure seemed like some fucking family in the Philippines, something like that, was just opening shit with like one static camera and shadows on the wall and no audio equipment. People were like, wow, it's a blah, blah, blah. And then people started sending him stuff and it just blew up. And here's my point. I don't expect anybody, much less people who are not crazy rich to begin with, to go, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's think about, is our kid gonna thank us for this when he's 50? When all of a sudden you you set up a random YouTube account and now millions of dollars are showing up in exchange for you accepting free presents. All the coolest toys every kid ever wanted. What I do question about people is why 
enough is never enough. Like when that starts going uh-huh. on, and what about the day when he's like, no, I don't want to open toys. Fuck toys. And they're like, okay, we'll give you a this. That's always the problem with these. And that's why I don't want, my daughter is like very silly and would fucking love to be in music and would love to be on YouTube. She hosts, fuck, if we were like, hey, can you show me that thing? She's like, okay, guys, today we're talking about blah, blah, blah. Like she wants it so bad, but the day's going to come. <laughs> Where she's gonna go? I don't want to do this. We're gonna be like, honey, we've we've got this. We got the gigantic ice cream cone guy here. You kind of have to do it. And then she's gonna go. Oh, I fucking run this family. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm the breadwinner. And then she's fucking ruined as a person. Why don't the Ryan's World families of the world ever go? This is fucking amazing. But now we have fifty million dollars. Shut off the account. It's never enough. It's never enough. And that's why I'm so pleased. This is a. This is a. You know, we've already disclosed that we're not that when people are watching this we already taped it uh, a little while ago what so i don't know i know you tried to throw them off the scent with your barb and star go to vista del mar shirt but wow that was accurate <laughs> that was real accurate i'll but, have you know this is off the sale rack at h&m how dare you sure but actually um, i take it back this is vintage Ross, is it really well i got it at a vintage shop you know in somebody Boca? else bought it from h&m and, and brought it to the thrift I shop i see oh no it's outfitters woman this is a this That's is a legitimate Ross. safari shirt. Watch yourself. Somebody made that from palm leaves. When you're on the safari and the lioness comes up to the truck, who's gonna get away faster? I am in this billowy fabric. You're gonna be stuck behind with that thick gilded cotton. Go ahead, tell the story. You look like a goddamn flamingo. You're not wrong. You look like a snack. Thank you. Um <laughs> I don't know how the situation is going to evolve, but I saw a headline shortly before we started taping that I so desperately want to believe in. Mbappe. I'm probably saying that wrong. Huh? M- Mbappe. Mbappe. Mbappe is the most legendary soccer star in the world right now. Okay. And I don't I never heard of him before. I don't care. I'm not I could not pick Lionel Messi <laughs> out of Lionel Messi, however the fuck you're supposed to say it, out of a lineup of one. I don't care, right? But I do know, obviously, that soccer is a really big deal and that they don't call it soccer and that for as much money as U.S. athletes make, it's like a pittance compared to those people, mm-hmm. right? Because soccer's so big. So you, you you must have heard something about this. Supposedly, um, a team in Saudi Arabia was essentially offering $1 billion for this guy to play for them for one season. And the way that soccer works is you need to pay it's it's they call it a transfer fee you need to negotiate basically the team that has him has to agree to let him leave and you need to negotiate an amount of money for which they'll let him go so they were going to pay 300 million dollars to his current team to let him go and then give him 700 million dollars for a year and i found it fairly gross that there were any number of American athletes, even ones I really admire, like Giannis and Tentacumpo, and even like, I'll say a lot of bad things about LeBron, but I think all in all, he's like a really good ambassador for the sport and a good role model that we're like, where's my agent? Where's my billion dollars? And it's like, bro, it's, it's Saudi Arabia. They fucking decapitate people who... Like people of the same sex. Yeah, like, no. Like, you have anybody is going to fucking kill, you know, beat up their neighbor for a loaf of bread when they're starving. And I accept that. And there's scales of need and necessity. And boy, I could set my family up. Boy, I could stop worrying about money. Boy, I could take care of my parents. Like, I understand that, but I can't understand how you get to a certain point where you're like, I am set. And 
the greed thing still drives you just as strong as it did when you needed that loaf of bread. That is a thing I accept, I will never understand. And I hope, I want to pray, because I saw this on one website right before we started rolling here and I looked at a couple of other ones and I did not see it confirmed. Supposedly, Mbappe is refusing to meet with the Saudis and is essentially saying, fuck your billion dollars. And I want that to be true so desperately because it makes me so happy that somebody's like, I have $300 million. That's why you get fuck you money. So you can say fuck you. I just find it so also problematic, the payouts that happen in professional sports. Do you? Yeah. Let's talk about it. <laughs> it just seems like a real big discrepancy on the larger scale of society where there's people who I'm not saying that everyone should get a million dollars. Okay. I realize that there's a value to scarcity within society and people striving. And mm -hmm. I don't think, uh, uh, I think equality across the board is unrealistic. And if everybody has a million dollars, then nobody has a million dollars. Cause that's uh, the way. Yeah, the way money works. exactly. Yeah. Like there need human beings by nature need to strive for something and, and to have some sort of purpose. And that if that's handed to you, then I feel like the desire to find purpose or strive is, eradicated because you're like well i guess i'm okay yeah i don't really i'm not struggling anymore so i guess i'm okay i'm not saying that struggle doesn't have its value in its place in society i just think that there's such a huge discrepancy between people who are professional athletes and people who are on the streets and to me it just feels like is that necessary do they need to have such huge contracts mm -hmm. I mean, it, it feels it feels wasteful and it feels like somewhere along the, the way as human beings, obviously, we're spectators of the sport. So we are not without blame, but it feels somewhere along the way that we've lost some focus or maybe some like a, just a better way to divvy out those funds like it just feels it feels criminal as well it feels very criminal criminal in yeah. what way does it feel criminal to you well just that's a dramatic way to say that yeah, i don't think right. they need to get paid so much okay i understand what you're saying and i think everybody you has think i should just go walk into traffic it's, you've gotten very dramatic late in the show here <clears throat> apple cider vinegar i just got a shot no, of that it's not are you doing that oh i always do every day oh my god yeah it's good for your gut is it? Yeah, your gut health is your body health, bruh. Do you ghee? No. Do you even ghee? Mm -hmm. My jar of ghee smashed. I had a jar of ghee, it smashed, and the shatter went everywhere. And I, do you think I did not return it to the grocery store? You're goddamn right. I brought back a shattered jar of ghee to the grocery store. Ghee's butter, right? How dare you? Ghee's butter, right? How dare you? How he's dare? Not, how do you not know what ghee is? Ghee is purified butter. <laughs> <laughs> The process of ghee is made by heating the butter up and then the milk solids float to the top. They scrape that off. So technically it is, is a lactose-free butter alternative for people who have dairy sensitivities. It's just melted butter. It's melt. It's purified butter. It, it's, it removes... It's healthier? Healthier, yeah. If you have dairy issues, sure. But I, not like fat, cholesterol, it, healthier? Well, it is healthier in the sense that it doesn't remove the, the nutrient value of butter in the process of removing the, the lactose. So, okay. It is healthy. It's just a, and it's flavorful. It's just a flavorful way to have butter that's not riddled with dairy. Okay. 
Yeah. So here's my thing on the athletes making money. It does it does have the sticker. Way to move on from Gee. It does have the the sticker shock. I'm happy for you and Gee and Big Gee. I think it's the most LA thing I've said on this podcast today. That my jar of Gee shattered. I'm gonna put that in overheard LA on my other podcast. I cut myself three different places shattering uh, a bowl one emotionally. Bam! Sing. You were at Zany's this past weekend. Um. <laughs> So here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Like, so the way that the athletes make money, the way, like, I'll take the NBA as an example. I forget the percentage. It's 51, 52, something like that. Like, they, a certain amount of money comes into the league every year between TV deals and merchandising deals and ticket sales and shit like that. And they've negotiated to get their share of it. And then they, you know, and then they start, then then obviously the teams can compete against one another for how much of the the pot goes to you know lebron james makes more than some scrub at the end of the bench obviously but i am i do think the money changes the sport and not for the better so in that sense we're aligned in that sense i do bemoan it but if you're asking me should the rich dickhead who bought the team keep the money or should the person who's the reason why people are actually watching the sport get the money i'm gonna vote for the athletes to get every last penny every single time because the oh, money- yeah, i don't want the people watching the sports to get the money i just think the people playing the sports don't need to be paid so much money so that and I mean, maybe some of that money could go towards like rebuilding stuff in schools so is what you're proposing that they give 40 percent to the owners 40 percent to the players 20 percent to schools because there's a pot of money like they're not going to they're not going to tell ABC to give them less money cuz the players don't want that much like then ABC is going to be making a ton of money paying a very low price and selling sky high you know and charging sky high ad rates like the money is the money is the money is made by the league it's just a matter of how it gets divvied up that's i guess that process seems criminal to me the the divvying of money and it it so the player just- so the player should get less and the owner should get more because it's either the networks keep the money, the advertisers keep the money, the owners keep the money, or the players keep the money. Like, who do you want? I want everyone to get a little bit less and that money to go towards something that actually helps society. So that's How what do you're sports help society? I'm not saying that they, we should eradicate mm-hmm. them. I think team sports are very valuable. Mm-hmm. And this issue exists not just in the sport industry, also in academia. Obviously, the way funds are divvied up between colleges and their departments is also very shady. That, yeah. You know, a lot of the funding that goes to these colleges, there's a padding on top that the department doesn't even see. It goes directly to the school and there's no transparency on how those funds are divvied up. UCLA alone, like when they get a fund if it, it, for the Alzheimer's department, per se, when someone donates, there is a padded like six, 50 to 60 percent on top of whatever that uh, person, individual company wants to donate to the school goes right to the school. Mm-hmm. And then the rest goes to the department. But the school doesn't have to be transparent about how they divvy up their padded percentage. I understand. So it just, it feels like there are a lot of areas where there are transactions happening where uh, in sports specifically, I think there's too much money allocated just to sports in general, professional sports. And there's not enough transparency within the process of how that money is allocated to the departments, to the individuals, to the higher ups. It just feels shady AF. Well, to to, to combine the two sentences. Am I wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong. To combine the, uh, you just saw Adam Carolla, didn't you? 
I what? You just saw Adam Carolla, didn't you? <laughs> to combine those two sentiments, the money in sports and the money in colleges, you know, very often show me a major university and then show me the highest paid employee at a major university will almost invariably be the head coach of one of the sports teams. Absolutely. College sports. Absolutely. College sports boils my blood. Boils the blood. And they're just starting to pay the athletes now, right? Like that's sort of yep. a starting to change. Yep. That has been criminal for so long. The kickbacks that the school did prior to Obama's administration, maybe that evolved before Obama, but the percentage kickbacks that the school was doing just on their student loans was shady. The fact that these the sport coaches <laughs> were getting paid so much was shady and the students weren't receiving anything. Yeah. All of it's been shady. And this I whole think system's out of order. The system's out of whack. And I... And I I have hope for humanity, but there's so much that goes on behind the curtain of Oz that we don't see or understand or know how it's being done that I don't know if I have any hope. So I'll continue to have tequilas once in a while. I'll continue to enjoy other things and pet my dogs. There you go. Um, finally, there's some encouraging news um, on the on the Alzheimer's front. Oh, yeah. The new drug. Yeah. Because I, I, I know before... You sent me that. I did. And I... Um, I've told people that this is not the first time since I've known you that there's been something that was reported as being a big breakthrough, but every other time when I brought it to your attention or it came up when we were talking, you were like, yeah, but here's the thing about that. This was the first one. I sent it to you and then I saw on your Twitter or whatever, you're like, yeah, this is the day I've been waiting for. And mm -hmm. that made me feel really good because you obviously are plugged into to all of that. More on that in the next show, by the way. But oh, wow. um, but if if you think it's actually meaningfully good news, then I'm inclined to believe it is. I think that this seems to, what what this means is that we are one step closer to Alzheimer's being recognized as a disease that needs to be and have more funding from the government and from the medical industry. Mm -hmm. Right now, there's not a lot of um, funding that is provided to these individuals who get the disease. So, you know, they come out of pocket. It's a very expensive disease to have. So when there's a drug like this where it has some real efficacy and there's trials that are done where people are seeing and showing real results, then the people who need to and the companies who need to and the industries who need to take recognition and people get the, the treatment that they need and families aren't going broke and also brokenhearted because of their loved ones going through these horrible diseases. So this is a, an amazing step in the right direction where people can hopefully get some relief and reprieve from something so horrible. I'm happy you're happy. Oh. Don't you ever dab at my presence? Three.